Welcome to the Fear Boss Show, a show created to help you become the bravest, boldest, and most badass version of yourself yet. Now, this show is allergic to basic. It's a show that loves real talk. It's a show that will help you slay self-doubt. And it's a show designed to help you check yourself before you wreck yourself. I'm your host, Judy Holler, best-selling author, keynote speaker, improv theater junkie, and a hip-hop-loving entrepreneur. It's kind of like this. If Amy Poehler and Dr. Dre had a baby, uh, that would basically be me. I am obsessed with helping you smash comfort zones and experiment with your fears so you can get more freedom in your life personally and professionally. This podcast is going to help you do just that. So, are you ready? Let's get this fear party started. You are listening to The Fear Boss Show, episode 35. This episode may contain some adult content and language, so please take care while listening. Hey there, Fear Boss, and welcome back to your show. This is The Fear Boss Show, and it's a show obsessed with helping you smash those comfort zones and experiment with your fears so you can be just a little bit braver than you were yesterday. Doesn't that sound amazing? Well, I hope you think so, because that's what we're going to do here on the show. And today is no exception, Fear Boss. Today, we're digging into a topic that most deaf requires you to be a Fear Boss. You ready? Mm Mm-hmm. Today, we are talking about confrontation. Yeah, (laughs) having hard conversations, speaking up, saying no when you mean it, saying yes when you're scared, and We're going to talk about advocating for yourself, which always requires guts. Now, if you're anything like me, maybe this does not come easy for you. You may be thinking that your girl over here is all brave and like superwoman and can do anything and everything. Mm -mm. Spoiler alert, I'm afraid most days, most of the time, and let me tell you something, I avoid confrontation like the plague, and that is not a good habit, and it's most certainly not a fear boss habit. And now maybe you're listening and confrontation is super easy for you. And if it is, oh my God, I'm so jealous in a good way. And will you please send me a DM and give me some of your fear boss advice? (laughs) Because I'm always looking to get more confident in this area. And that's where we're going today. Because you have to be brave in your ability to advocate for yourself and speak up and have difficult conversations like the OG fear boss, I know that you are. And yes, it's hard. Most of us hate having difficult conversations. And most of us hate it because we're kind of afraid of it. I mean, I'll speak from personal experience because I'm afraid. Yes, afraid of confrontation. I avoid it like the plague, which is super bad because it means that I'm actually making things worse. I'll ghost people, I'll ghost situations, I'll ghost difficult shit because I'm afraid of the anger and confrontation and the fact that someone could be mad at me or maybe someone won't like me or they'll start gossiping about me. So I end up doing all kinds of shit I don't want to do, which causes resentment and regret all because I didn't have the guts 
to say no or to advocate for myself or to speak up on my own behalf or on behalf of my freaking business. So Fear Boss, I am on a mission to get better at this, to speak up more and to feel confident doing it. So in this week's episode, I'm going to share some of my favorite ideas and tools and mindset shifts to help you handle confrontation like a real fear boss. I'm also not going to do that alone. I'm going to bring in two of my favorite humans, two of my favorite experts as it relates to confrontation, no doubt about it, to share their advice. These two humans are legit bosses at having difficult conversations and I study them regularly. So more on that in just a minute. This is going to be juicy. But first, I want to shout out our Fear Boss of the Week, who is Erica Ann 89. Erica, thank you for your beautiful podcast review on iTunes. She titled it, Getting Out of My Comfort Zone. Well, you had me at getting out of my comfort zone. That's what it's all about. That is the mission and the mantra of a Fear Boss, to smash comfort zones on purpose to live a more comfortable life. Yes, yes, yes. She writes, I came across Judy's podcast through a friend and I've binged listened to all of the episodes and I can't stop listening. Yay. I love that you're binging this podcast. And I think there's nothing better to binge than personal development because it's going to make you braver and smarter and stronger. She goes on to write, before I found this podcast, I wasn't happy, quite literally. But since I've had a lot of things lift off my shoulder because I'm starting to let go of the things I was holding on to, I'm even thinking about doing the 100 days of moving my body. Erica Ann, I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much for being here. Keep listening. I'll keep the courage coming. And because you left a review on iTunes, you are our Fear Boss of the Week. So drop me a DM on any of the social media or send me an email to hello at judyholler.com with your best mailing address and some Fear Boss snail mail will be on the way to you. All right, we also got to talk about this episode's sponsor, which is my freaking newsletter. Did you know that you can sign up? Well, first of all, did you know that I have a newsletter and it is a damn party and you can sign up right now by texting the word brave, brave to 474747, text brave to 474747 and you will get some badass freebies delivered right to your email for doing so, by the way. Screensavers, journaling pages, a couple free chapters of my book, all that good stuff. And it's going to get you signed up for my newsletter. It's called the Friday Fear Boss 5. So every Friday I share five things I'm loving, learning, reading, gifting, buying, and absolutely obsessed with. The intention behind my newsletter is to share tools and resources to keep you brave plus bring you some joy. It's a legit fear party in your inbox every Friday, plus insider scoop my newsletter list is really the first group of humans to get access to any of my new Fear Boss offerings and the place I make exclusive offerings and announcements all the time. So if you love this podcast, if you love my books, if you follow me on social media and like any of that content, you're going to love the Friday Fear Boss 5. So text BRAVE to 474747. Get some freebies and start getting the Friday Fear Boss 5. Okay, Fear Boss... Let's get to it. Confrontation. We're going to talk about it. The entire intention behind doing this episode for you is to give you some tools and 
some mindset shifts to help you get better at it, to help you advocate for yourself like a real fear boss, to help you speak up like a fear boss, to set boundaries with love and grace like a fear boss, and to have hard conversations, the hard conversations you need to in order to get more freedom in your life. Remember, the fear boss mission is that we believe that our freedom lives in smashing comfort zones. This means that you can't sit around all comfy, doing things the same way you've always done them and expecting to have this sort of different, badass life. Nope, it doesn't work that way. Discomfort is required if you want to have and earn (laughs) a comfortable life. Easy choices, hard life. Hard choices, easy life. And I cannot take credit for that quote. It's by Jerzy Gregoric, who is a a Russian, I think a Russian weightlifter. I'll link up to him in the show notes. But yeah, I love that idea, this idea that easy choices, ghosting the gym, hitting the drive-through, not advocating for yourself and avoiding confrontation, all that stuff's easy, but it's going to earn you a hard life. You're going to pay for it on the back end. But the hard choices, meal planning, going to the gym, taking the vitamins, and advocating for yourself and your business when you need to is the hard thing to do, but it's going to earn you an easy life and more freedom on the back end, period. And one of the hardest choices you have to make for yourself, for your business, and or in your career is to be able to bravely have difficult conversations. I mean, Just saying, I don't know about you, but just saying the word confrontation literally gives me immediate back sweat. I mean, my throat sort of like closes up, my my heart races, I start sweating. I go from swagger to sucker in like 30 seconds flat. I mean, this isn't good and it's got to stop. And I'm lucky. I'm lucky that I've got two teachers in my life that are super close to me that are really, really good at having hard conversations. One of them is my husband, Scott. Oh my God, a big part of his job is putting out fires and and having slash handling difficult conversations. So I love eavesdropping on his calls. And now that his office is closed, thank you, COVID, right? Uh, He's working from here and I get to hear him do this on the regular. Now, most of the time, I don't know what's going on on the other end of the call, but I get to hear his side and the way he handles things and how slow he is to react and how he embraces long pauses and how he finds creative, loving ways to make the person he's communicating with feel amazing. I mean, I don't know how he does it most days. He'll get on a call with someone who's like not happy. And by the end of the call, they're freaking laughing and swapping stories and moving forward. And I'll just be sitting in my office going, how the fuck does he do that? Right? And while there's no perfect, and sometimes it's not all roses and daisies, Most of the time it goes well, and 100% of the time, my husband isn't overthinking it or feeling ashamed or worrying about someone not liking him. He's able to set these really cool boundaries. So he's going to stop by and give us a couple of pieces of advice. He's making his big podcast debut. 
Uh, hello, fear experiment. I'm so proud of him. And then the second teacher is Amanda on my team. She is our head of client experiences and my right-hand woman at Hala Productions. And she has also <laughs> had to sit on a lot of calls for us in the business to handle difficult things with our vendors, our partners, our clients, and to advocate for me, the brand, and the business. She also has had a long, before joining my team and working with me, she has had had a long, big old badass career with the company, a small company called Procter & Gamble, and she has had to sit in countless high-stakes negotiations. She's dealt with high-drama, A-list celebrities. I mean, that girl's got some stories. She's worked with so many different celebrities. She's had to work with big-egoed CEOs, demanding executives and suppliers who have not held up their end of the deal. And she's got to shut that shit down. I mean, she is a boss and the queen at having hard conversations like a real fear boss. So Amanda is going to stop by for some quick advice that will rock your world. So are you ready? Let's get braver together and start with Amanda. Okay, Amanda, I am so glad you are here. Hi, welcome back to the Fear Boss Show. You're no stranger here. (laughs) Good to be back. Good to be back. Oh, I'm so glad to have you here. And I wanted to bring you on to talk a little bit about how badass you are at confrontation. And most specifically, I wanted to see what advice you can offer the Fear Boss community as they think about having these hard conversations and navigating uncomfortable conversations and really just how they can be more brave and you do it so well. And I just want to hear from you. So talk to me, you know, would you give us some confidence and some tangible takeaways so we can get better at confrontation, please? (laughs) First of all, thank you. I mean, confrontation is definitely not easy. It's not easy for any of us. And a disclaimer here, I'm much better with difficult conversations in my business life than I am in my personal life. I mean, uh, good point. Yeah. You know, conversations with people I love about difficult topics, you know, there's just more emotions involved for me. So when I'm at work, I've always been somebody that can kind of clearly delineate like this is a work conversation about a work problem. This is not a conversation about my relationship with the person I'm having it with. And those are two different things that you really need to make clear in your own mind as you walk into that first meeting. And Amanda, I love that you added that disclaimer because think about it, even in our working relationship, like we're, we have a personal relationship, we love each other, but we also work together and we have to have the ability to separate that a little bit. So that's how you're able to move through some of these conversations a little bit more effectively because you're kind of like putting it in a bucket. Yeah, totally. I'm boxing it up. It's definitely a tool that you can use and One of the questions that I use often, and I've talked about this before, is there is a question I ask, and this is kind of about intention, and whether it's business or personal, the question I ask is, what will serve me best in this moment? What will take care of me best in this moment? Or what will serve the business best in this moment? And when you answer that question, you have taken away your ability to kind of be wishy-washy 
on the conversation because you're clear. You know what your intention is and you know your why, which is super important. Oh my gosh. And I feel like that is so empowering. What a great, beautiful piece of advice. So you're going into the conversation feeling empowered, not feeling afraid because you know what you're focused on. You know what your intention is. And let's circle back to that word because you and I love the word intention. I mean, I read an article. I don't know where I read it. Maybe it was in the O Magazine. Like Oprah used to when she had her whole team with her at Harpo Productions when they were producing her show. And she probably still does it to this day, but like Oprah won't take a meeting unless the intention has been discussed prior to the meeting taking off. Like Oprah wouldn't produce a show unless everybody was on the same page around what the intention of the show was. Like show producers would come to her with like an idea, like, hey, we should do a show about this, right? Monkeys. And she'd be like, great, but what's the intention? And if they didn't have the intention, she'd send them back to the drawing board. So I heard you use the word intention. Let's talk a little bit about that. How do you use intention to handle difficult conversations? Or do you not? Well, no, I think that you have to walk in with intention because you have to walk in with a purpose, right? This is a mm. conversation. This yes. is not a this is not a you coming in giving your idea a presentation and walking away, right? These are conversations. So they require you to take responsibility. They require you to listen mm. to the other side, right? These are conversations that really, really need to be solution focused. They are not blame-focused. Difficult conversations can get derailed very, very quickly if a blame and shame game gets started within it. Totally ineffective. A waste of everybody's time. And then you bring in that like whole emotional piece that just makes it really, really hard to get anything done. So So yeah, like that's kind of where I feel like intention is. Like my intention is to do what it serves me or the business or this moment best. And when I know that, I also know that I have solutions and I'm ready for that, right? That's the other part of it. There's preparation for these kinds of calls. I had a difficult conversation with a vendor not too long ago about, you know, our expectations not being met. That's a very hard conversation yeah. because it's a it's a mutually beneficial relationship, right? So you need mm-hmm. to protect it, but we also have to protect our asset and that's our business. And When you walk in, one of the other things I often think about is I'm going to walk in to protect what I'm walking in to protect, and they're going to walk in protecting what they need to. And you can respect that. And that kind of initial conversation includes respect. Like, I get it. We're both coming from a place of trying to do what's best for both of us. And maybe the solution is better for one of us than the other. But if we can come to a, a agreement together, both parties are going to be much better off. And I think that that's the position I always take. Oh, I love that so much. And you're, do you find like that? It's like, I feel like anything in life, like practice makes perfect, right? We're always saying like with courage, like the more you do it, the braver you get. Like the more uncomfortable you get, the more comfortable you get being uncomfortable. Like I didn't walk out onto the improv stage and become really amazing at improv. The very first time I did improv, right? I ran the drills and I'm starting to find that the more I put myself into these uncomfortable conversations and into these uncomfortable situations, I start to get a little bit more comfortable there. So obviously here's the problem with confrontation though, Amanda, like most of us don't want to be in confrontational situations. So it's hard to run the drills on those because you're not 
you don't want to be in confrontational situations. So how do you get good at confrontation without getting yourself into confrontation on purpose? Is there any other little final Jedi mind tricks? Uh, you know, is it reading about it, watching videos, any other resources you could maybe point us to that really have helped you over, over the years and in your career? I think that the work we do every single day, mm. uh, fear experiments prepare you for these kinds of confrontations. And girl, like, come on, I will sweat. I will sweat on a call. <laughs> after a call, I can be sick to my stomach. Like these are all visceral reactions to doing hard things. I mean, we just had a situation again, not that long ago. And for almost the entire day after I had visceral feelings about like fear and regret, but this is what I could always come back to. I know that what I did was the right thing for our business. And when you know that and you are working so hard to whether it's personal, like you're working so hard to build boundaries in your life, like these are difficult conversations sometimes, right? You need time to yourself. Like those are hard conversations to have. But as you get the momentum of understanding that boundaries protect everybody, right? Like boundaries do help you maybe get a workout in or read a book for 15 minutes, but it re-energizes you for other things. And it's the same in work or personal. Once you start flexing that muscle, once you start using it, you know, you're going to survive on the other side of it. (laughs) Like, oh, it's so weird, but you (laughs) made it. And then you feel proud. I mean, I just had a conversation with you about how proud I felt to like stand into what we knew was our truth. And sometimes, and we talk about this, like it is taking back your power in some ways, right? It's understanding what your options are through a difficult conversation so that you can come out on the other side and maybe leave everything exactly the same, but can, you know, understanding where you can move, where you can ebb in your business and flow in your business. Like those are important. And those are outcomes of sometimes conversations that might not be fun, but they'll be the most important conversations in your lifetime. And Amanda, I know about that high stakes conversation uh, that you and I had recently. And I, I was nervous too. And I was scared too. And, and what I don't think will ever go away is the fact that I'll be scared when I have to have hard conversations. I think I'm always going to be nervous to have hard conversations and feel vulnerable and feel worried. I'm, I'm certain I will. And it sounds like that's okay. But what's not okay, fear boss, is allowing fear to stop you from having those hard conversations. Because when you hide from the hard conversations, when you avoid confrontation, it's so much worse on the back end. You've heard me say it time and time again, like easy choices, hard life, hard choices, easy life. So it sounds like what Amanda is saying is like you set an intention, be clear on what your why is and really allow yourself a little bit of grace, like to experiment with this because it's okay to be nervous. It's okay to get it wrong. But the more you get it wrong, the closer you get to getting it right. And stop running away from the hard conversations and start standing in your truth, in your power, and in your ability to freaking do hard things. Amanda, that was such good advice. And I'm so glad you're a part of my business and help me do hard things all the time because a lot of times we're on these calls together and it's just so nice to have someone teaching me and someone uh, protecting me and someone um, that I can learn from from a confrontation perspective. And 
I love it. Anything else you want to add for the fear boss? No, the feelings are mutual, but you know what, guys and girls out there, you can do it. It might not be fun. It might not be easy. Sometimes the stakes might feel really high, but you will walk out like so many situations feeling like you can definitely do it again. And it's a fear experiment. So there's no... There's no failure. There's just learning. No matter. I love it. And what's so great yep. about this is I did not tell Amanda, like, here's the point. I'm like, just, um, here's what we're going to talk about. Come ready with some ideas. And she did. And I love that. I didn't even tell you to bring up fear experiments, but it always comes back to fear experiments. Like this idea that we have to be running the drills. The only way you get more comfortable in any uncomfortable situation is by putting yourself in the uncomfortable situations on purpose regularly. So I really think it's contagious, right? The more you do the scary thing, the the more confident you get and the more you start to stand in your power and confront confrontation when you need to, the easier and strong, the easier it'll get and the stronger you'll become. The more you run away from it, the more power you are losing and you're allowing fear to call the shots. And remember, we're a fear boss and a fear boss doesn't do that. So Amanda, mic drop moment. Thank you for stopping by the fear boss show. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. I mean, isn't she so damn smart? That is some good stuff. I hope you took some notes. Let's move on to Scott and share his perspective on how he manages confrontation while staying sane. So here we go. Scott's podcasting debut. Hi, honey. Welcome to the Fear Boss Show. Good afternoon, honey. (laughs) Okay. I feel like we need to do a quick cheers. I've got a little glass of rosé. You just cracked a... Coors Light. Um, It is five o'clock somewhere, but it's definitely five o'clock here in Ohio. So we're having a drink. We're going to talk about my favorite subject. It is so not my favorite subject. Confrontation, honey. You're so freaking good at it. I listen to you all the time, have very difficult conversations. And can you help the Fear Boss fam help us get a little bit more comfortable in this uncomfortable space and give me some advice? Like, how can I have less back sweat, and more confidence when I have to have those hard conversations help us. What do you do? Well, first of all, hello, Fear Boss Hey, hold on. Is this your first ever podcast? This is my first (gasps) and last. Fear experiment. First and last. No. No, but always good to be here. I hear, I get a chance to hear Judith all the time doing her thing down in her office. Official. uh, He calls me Judith. Judith. It's great to be a part of this. So how do I uh, deal with conflict? Really, you know, I had a great role model, a couple great role models. So uh, it's all about empathy, really. Mm-hmm. You got to understand, you know, a lot of, you hear this all the time is you don't know what is going through that other person's head at yeah. that time or going through that other person's life at that time. And you need to go into it with more of a personal stake at it and trying to, you know, my whole thing is I grew up with the ultimate salesman, my father. Aw, Tony. So, you know, so... You know, creating creating friendships is something that's super important to me, and mm. that's how I go about business every day. Yeah. You know, I try to I try to uh, get to know people, figuring that it's going to be a long term situation, and if if we're dealing with something difficult, it's going to be in that moment for a period of time. But if I have an opportunity where I seem to really like that person because I've got yeah. to, gotten to know them in some way, I don't want that to be what mm. defines the relationship going forward. So I try to just put that in a box, try to figure it out, you know, and, and luckily in the role that I have, I can kind of be that, be that liaison 
for the other party as well. So yeah. I kind of get to play the middleman. And I love what you just said. And I think for your boss, what really needs to land out of what Scott just said, and I love this so much, you think about the long term. You're thinking of the fact that this isn't a transaction. Like, you know, there's this big conversation around like, are you B2B or B2C? Like business to business or business to customer? And I think we're all business to customer. And we're, because we're selling to people, right? We're human beings that are breathing oxygen. And we are so much more than a transaction. And I think what has been such a gift for you in the way you manage all of these partnerships and relationships is they are partnerships. And you think of the long-term relationship, which has served you time and time again. I mean, we're so much more than a transaction, don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, you got to think long-term. You know, we're all competitive human beings. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes we go into these things and it's like a competition. I have to win. Mm. But the reality is, is... No, you don't. Yeah. You, you need to find common ground. And so I think good. if you do a good job, you know, asking the questions and getting to know the people, you know, typically there's a way to avoid, you know, escalating it any worse than it is. And, yeah. you know, I've had great role models. Gary Schermacher was, you know, an amazing Yeah, he's your boss former boss. Yep. Yeah. And he, you know, Aww. he was he was something else. And one of my favorite techniques that he taught Oh, are you going to tell the bouncing ball story? Ball. Yes. Okay. This is so, a good story for your boss. So- yeah, so I get on a call, and he basically, before the call, we're on this call with a major, major hotel chain, and he's like, here's what I'm going to do, and I just want, I don't want you to butt in and say anything. So I'm like, okay. So, you know, surprisingly, he did exactly what he said, and he basically, I mean, this call barely was one minute long, and he basically blew the whole thing up, and it and it stopped. So he, he you know, drops his info and it's just silence. So he said he said he was going to wait, and he said, "Do not speak until so they speak." So you get speak. on this call. So basically, you get on this call, and Gary's like, "We have to have a tough conversation." Gary says his piece, and he's he lets you know in advance he's just going to stop talking, Correct. and you are not to chime in at this point. Okay. Correct. So, so he, he drops the bomb drops and just shuts bomb, up. And we sat there, and I I had a ball on my desk, and I literally muted my phone, and I just bounced the ball against the wall, and it had to be. Almost a minute. <gasps> I, I, I could. Oh. You want to talk about the most uncomfortable silence. Call, silence you could ever be on, and I will never forget that conference call because it what ended up. What did it up, teach you? Yeah. It, well, what happened was, it ended up. It's something that the parties that were part of it still talk about till today, mm. and that was, you know, fifth, you know, probably thirteen years ago. So, you know, you laugh after the fact, and you look at it, and you know, that's a, a you know a technique that. God, he, he made legend. And, it's about uh, the pause. It was fun pause. to be a part of it. So the, what you learned is that there's power in the pause. Yeah. And sometimes we like over talk. And I think that's one of my favorite lessons you've ever taught me. First of all, I know Gary and he's like cowboy, right? He lives in Denver and he's, he's this badass motherfucker, right? This guy's a badass. And, you know, you and him are like this perfect team, right? So imagine, Fear Boss, you're on this high stakes call and Gary just drops the bomb and says what he needs to say and he stops talking. They go on mute and they just bounce a ball against the wall for like a freaking minute waiting for them to talk, right? Because now, no, well, pun intended, yeah. the ball is in their court. So ever since Scott told me that story, I keep a little post-it on my computer that says... 
slow your role. It reminds me to slow down, but also to shut up and to stop talking. Say what you need to say and stop talking. I think that's beautiful. What else? Anything else? Scott, I mean, mean, empathy. uh, Don't burn bridges. It's not a transaction. It's a long-term relationship. Be mindful of your pauses. Say what you need to say and then shut up. What else? Any final thoughts? You know, final thought would be, you know, whenever I get negative, Mm. I mean, that, you know, I just brought up a confrontational thing, but in reality, and it ended well, and it was just a a technique. But, you know, one thing I always learned is you always feel better Mm. when things aren't confrontational and negative, period. Like, I'm a type of person, after a bad call, if they occur, I feel terrible, right? So it bothers me, even to the next day. So I end up up having to, uh, you know, backtrack anyway. So I, I, you know, I I try not to get, go down that path. It's going to happen. It's inevitable. But, you know, it's it's something that, uh, you know, isn't going to do anybody any good. So try not to go to the negative route. It's not healthy for you, period. And there's ways to avoid it. Okay, last thing. So that call with that big hotel chain with the bouncing ball against the wall. So they spoke up after 60 seconds. Was the outcome of that call positive? Like, so for the fear boss who loves a tactical takeaway, what was the benefit of waiting? Like, what is Gary's, why does he wait like that? And why did he teach you that? And why is that so important to just say what you need to say and stop talking? What does it do? Why is it important? It forces you know, the other party to, to engage Mm. and and whether address areas of issue or what have you. And it just, you know, here's the thing is the more you talk, you know, you're giving information. You're Uh, you're nervous. If if it's a, if it's a stalemate, you know, then you start to maybe go down paths. You don't want to go, but you do it, whatever. Oh my God. I do that all the time. So (laughs) you're, you know, being able to stop and stop yourself you know, sometimes when I get in that habit and I'll actually put, you know, I'll put a post-it note on my computer. It says stop you do talking. Too? On occasion, I'll do <gasps> oh, that. Oh, I'm so proud but of you. But it's only when I I'm like post-its. in a, you know, a crazy yeah. talkative mode. And, you know, you hear it from everybody, right? Be a good listener. Mm. It, it's it, so hard to do. It's, but it's the truth. It's the truth. Know? And the more you listen, you know, the more, the more you, you listen on a call, whether mm-hmm. it's a sales call or a confrontational negotiation or what have you. The more you listen, the better the outcome, period. Mm. So try not to talk so much and try to listen more and good things are going to happen. I love that. And that is a tenet from the improv theater. So mic drop, Scott, because improv is all about listening. We cannot improvise if we're not listening to the last thing that was said. And if we miss the last thing that was said, the rest of the scene doesn't work. So I love that. And I think another theme from your advice is to give yourself those visual cues. You guys put a post-it on your computer or write a note in your bathroom mirror, but like give yourself those prompts to slow your roll, to stop talking, to listen more, and to take a deep breath. Scott, I love you. Thank you for being on the Fear Boss Show. Cheers to you. All right, off we go. Okay, Fear Boss, I hope you are feeling braver and that you got some good ideas today from both Amanda and Scott. And before we go, I want to add some of my Fear Boss advice to this conversation. Here are a couple things I do personally to help me handle those tough conversations. 
Number one, I always write out a script in advance and I legit rehearse it. So in my book, I talk about bringing a friend to the fear party. This means bringing something comfortable into your space with you, like rehearsing or preparing some notes or putting music on when you're at the dentist or putting on an essential oil that gets you in the right vibe before a talk, whatever that is. I'm always talking about bringing a friend with you to the fear party. So you've got something scary coming up, prepare. Improvisers. Yes, we're improvisers. We are comfortable without a script, but this doesn't mean that we are not preparing. We are using our training to succeed on stage without a script. And so when you're going into something scary, a talk, a negotiation, a confrontation, put together a fear blueprint, like get a script together so that you are mentally prepared and rehearse it, run it through. I just had a difficult conversation last week and I worked with Amanda. We ran through my script. We put together bullet points and I, before we got on that call, I rehearsed and I rehearsed and I rehearsed and I said it so that I didn't have to read it, but that I really felt comfortable with why I was advocating for myself and why I was advocating for the business, which really told fear to take a back seat so that I could drive this car, which is what a fear boss is always trying to do. So I always write out a script and get my bullet points together and rehearse it. And you'll hear that I referenced that I ran it by Amanda. So I'm always running my difficult conversations through like a fear meter, right? So I'm bringing in my husband or Amanda or my best friend or my sister or whatever that may be to sort of make sure that I'm moving in the right direction. And I'm making the right points and I'm leading with love and I'm not all over the place. So I run it through a little bit of counsel and I seek out advice. I'm always number three, making sure that I am moving things forward. Amanda touched on this and so did Scott, but I want people to know that we're on the same team and here's where we're going together. And if that isn't what your vision is, then maybe it is time to part ways and maybe this isn't a working relationship anymore. But I'm always trying to paint like the bigger picture of why this matters and where we're going. And so I think that gets you out of a transactional mindset and into an empowering mindset. Like this is this is the future. This is the picture we're painting. And here's where we'd like to go on the other side of this hard conversation. And who's down for that? Are we ready for that? And then you can start to have a little bit more of empowering conversations versus fear-based, reactive, transactional conversations. So I'm always sort of thinking, like, we're on the same team, and this is what the future could look like. And here's what we're going together. Who's in, right? And so that is something that helps me. And then last but not least, another mindset you need to take on when you're thinking about managing fear and doing scary things and dancing with discomfort is this idea that it's kind of like lifting weights, right? You go to the gym to pick up weights to get stronger, get your muscles stronger. And I believe the same is with your courage and your bravery. Like we do uncomfortable things to get those muscles stronger. We, we, can't just sit there and be brave. You can't just sit there and do nothing and earn a comfortable life. You have to be willing to put yourself out there. You have to be willing to do things different and you have to be willing to get uncomfortable in order to earn everything you want. And a part of that is having difficult conversations and advocating for yourself. And here's the deal. The more you do this, the stronger you get, the better you get, the more confident you get. Courage compounds, consistency compounds confidence compounds, right? This is why when you go to the gym, you get stronger. Same with experimenting with your fear. I mean, consider 
confrontation or any difficult conversation you have to have an absolute fear experiment. And the more you do this, the stronger you get. Is it easy? No. (laughs) Does it get easier? Yes. Is it hard? Hell yes. But are you able to do hard things? Hell yes. So you got to let me know when you try out any of these ideas, let me know. Send me a DM on Instagram or shoot me an email at hello at judyholler.com to let me know how it goes. So again, Fear Boss, I hope you are feeling braver. I hope you're ready to advocate for yourself like a Fear Boss. And I can't wait to be here with you again next week. Until next time, and in the meantime, stay brave and keep experimenting with your fear. Well, hi there. It's me again. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so damn glad you're here. And if you loved this episode, which I hope you did, my hand is on my heart. Please don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. And if you're feeling a little extra boss today, it would mean the world to me if you'd leave a review on iTunes so more fear bosses like you can find this podcast. And better yet, share this podcast with a fear boss you love and encourage them to listen. For more on me, my work, and my keynotes, you can visit me at judyholler.com, J-U-D-I-H-O-L-L-E-R.com to learn more. And this is also where you can sign up for my newsletter. It's called The Fear Boss 5, and it comes out every Friday where I share five things I'm loving, learning, and reading. It's one of my favorite things to do. And if you love this podcast, you're going to love the newsletter, and you can sign up right there on my website. My book is available at most of your favorite book retailers, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, airports, all the things. So search me up on Google or type Judy Holler into Amazon and grab your copy. Last but not least, you can always come hang out with me on the social media. Instagram is my favorite place to be. I'm on Instagram at Judy Holler, J-U-D-I-H-O-L-L-E-R. I'm also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash fears, my homeboy, and Twitter as well at Judy Holler. Until next time, Fear Boss, keep experimenting with your fear and stay brave.